Welcome to Curating the Curious, the podcast that celebrates staying curious in life and never settling into a box. Hosted by former elementary teacher, television actress, LA realtor, wine slinger, salesperson, waitress, family photographer, and forever student of life, me, Leanna Azzalini. Before we dig into this episode, I just wanted to tell you, I found out something very exciting yesterday, and Laura and Sarah from Flock have decided to leave the ticket sales open for Flock Live 2021, so if you did not get your tickets and you weren't able to attend yesterday and the day before, you have 12 days to do it right now. And I am telling you, I finally got to watch some of the classes yesterday, and it is worth every penny times 10. Do it. You've got 12 days, and I wanted to put this in the beginning right here because I think it is so worth it. I am a speaker on cultivating creativity with my friends Techie Quay and Susie J. Goldsmith, but there are 18 amazing classes with amazing instructors and another talk on documentary with some phenomenal photographers. So don't miss it, guys. If you thought you missed it, you have 12 days to jump in there right now. From what I've heard, this will not be available after those 12 days. So if you had any reservations and then regretted not acting on it, go for it. Go for it now. The link is in the show notes. So I've had a lot of episodes that seem to hit a nerve with people. And I receive a lot of messages talking to me about how people relate. And I've had quite a few of those, but I would say my recent solo episode on burnout, I don't think I've ever received more messages about any episode than that one. So even though I'm still kind of navigating my way through this whole mess of it all, I want to come back and talk a little bit about the things that I've been finding that have kind of woken me up or given me something to help me define what I'm experiencing and maybe just kind of give you a few tips or things to focus on that might be different than you already have. So I want to start with this quote. I did post it on my Instagram page, but I've got to read it because It's kind of the space where I ended up going to once I crashed and burned and took a little time to breathe and reassess. It is by Jamie Varone. Varone? I don't know. How about you don't have to build an empire or dominate an industry or be the number one at anything? What if you simply built a lovely life that makes you feel happy, that brings you joy, that is generative and supportive? What if you healed the parts of you that need more and more and more? What if you redefined what success looks and feels like to you? What if you decided enough is enough? What if you felt satisfied in the right here, the right now? What if you realized your life is likely a lot closer to your ideal than you ever thought? What if changing the filter in which you view your life makes everything that much more vibrant? How much 
open, empty space would be left for your joy if you stopped thinking you needed to earn it? How much time could you spend in the actual living of your life if you let go of striving for more? How much more beautiful would this moment right here become for you? I don't think that there's a person on the planet that these words don't hit home for at some point in life. And if you're feeling like you've lost touch with that part of yourself that can focus on that and really be there in that space, there really are things that you can do to get back to it. Sometimes we can just be so focused on accomplishing goals and dreams and and getting to this place that we see ourselves getting to in life that we completely forget to be present in the here and now. We forget who we are and why we started this journey in the first place. It's complete human nature, but the important thing is to just realize it, recognize it when it's happening, and stop it in its tracks. Hopefully you don't have to get to a huge crash and burn moment like I did, but if you do, you can still make it back through. If you find that your focus is on more, more, bigger, faster, it really might be a time to stop and look within. Don't try and skip the voyage because you see other people on social media doing these big things that you see yourself doing. You can't skip that voyage in between. I started as a professional photographer in 2011, and I didn't start teaching until 2017. I'm not suggesting that you take six years to do that thing that you have in your mind, but I do want to say There's so much to be learned in that voyage in between. It's a lot like baking bread. Your ideas and your creations and all these things that you want to have transpire in your life, they need time to rise. Give it time. Inspired action can never be forced. It needs time to rise. As much as I like to hear inspiring words and things to uplift. I also need that bit of science, those facts, that information, the definitions. I need to learn exactly how to define what I'm going through. So now I'm going to share with you the things that I learned when I was in my major crash and burn moments that helped me to define what I was feeling so that I could kind of understand it better, wrap my head around it, and find more ways for myself to process it. One really helpful thing that I learned was defining the types of stress that we can endure. And one kind is acute stress or otherwise known as situational stress. And the other is chronic stress. So the difference between the two Acute or situational stress is a stress resulting from specific events or a situation that involves like unpredictability or just something that kind of stresses us out for the day and leaves us with this weird sense that we're not in control. 
And it could be anything, you know, it could be like, oh, you've got to give a speech or you're going to do a clubhouse talk or you have a project due that's weighing on your mind, you know, something like that. Now, chronic stress is the stress resulting from repeated exposure to situations that lead to the release of stress hormones on a regular basis. This could be a very ill family member that's constantly wearing on your mind or a very big event that happened between you and someone that you care about that is not healed and has been going on for months and months or years. And chronic stress can bring heart disease, high blood pressure, you know, all kinds of things, depression. It's it's a big risk factor. So when I was able to define these these two types of stress. I don't know. There's something that happens when you're able to define what you're feeling, at least for me. When I can define something, it helps me to understand it. And when I can understand it, I can find ways to deal with it. So I came to find that I had many sources of situational stress that I was constantly bringing into my life while I was also under several different other types of chronic stress. That's a lot in itself, but that was a big wake-up call because the chronic stress is usually something that you can do nothing about. And so I have these several things in my life that I can do nothing to change. I can work on things that will help me get through that, but I can't change them. But once I was able to define the situational stress that I was purposely bringing to my life on a daily or weekly basis, I could work on those. So it's really important to get specific on these things. And I'm telling you, defining these things helped me a lot because I was able to look at those situational stress factors and say, I can cut this out. Or I can do this in order to change how much that affects me. Or I can cut down on this, if that makes sense. So defining between acute or situational stress and chronic stress, and then kind of like writing them all down, what can I do to change or help these? I'm telling you, it is a lifesaver. Another really helpful piece of information that I learned was from Mel Robbins. And she taught about the vagus nerve. It's spelled V-A-G-U-S. And it sounds like Vegas, like Las Vegas. Vegas nerve. And this nerve controls dozens of functions within your body. It's very important. It maintains your heartbeat. It makes you sweat. It helps you to talk. It wraps around the digestive tract, including the esophagus, stomach, and large and small intestines. It also controls the muscles of the vocal cords and the gag reflex. It is part of the parasympathetic nervous system, and it is something that is obviously not to be ignored. So if you're in a time of chronic stress or repeated situational stress, the vagus nerve is going to be aggravated. And if your vagus nerve is aggravated, obviously many things in your body are aggravated, right? But now that we've defined this 
this thing in our body that affects so many functions and could be the explanation for so many illnesses or just an overall sense of not well-being, there is something that we can do to help it. And that's why I like to define things. And that's why I like to get into the scientific stuff sometimes so that I can just stop feeling and thinking and just get into the facts. What can I do about it? And when I looked up, what can you do to help your vagus nerve? I was expecting all these medical terms and it's the opposite of what I got. So here's a list of just the few, a few of the things that you can do to help your vagus nerve. Alternate nostril breathing, like plugging one nostril and breathing and and doing breaths. Apply a cold compress to your face and the back of your neck. Number three is be quiet. That's interesting, right? Number four is breathe deeply and slowly. Number five is super interesting. Compliment others. Make others feel good. That will help strengthen your vagus nerve. Number six, connect with nature. These things that we do that we know make us feel good, there's actually a scientific reason to it. How amazing is that? Connect with nature. Man, that's just one of the most healing things for me. Number seven, diaphragm breathing. The slower, the better. I don't know if you've ever heard of like putting a stuffed animal on a child's tummy and having them lay down and breathe so that the stuffed animal goes up and down. That's diaphragm breathing. Do slow breaths in, slow breaths out with that. Something on your stomach so that you can see it rising and falling. And that will help you to concentrate on the breath as well. Number eight, eat a whole foods diet. Number nine, exercise. Expose your skin to sunlight. Oh man, I mean, how much? (laughs) How much do we need that? Oh, it's such a good feeling. Another Have an attitude of gratitude. And I'm telling you, these are coming from medical and scientific sources, guys. Another way to stimulate and strengthen your vagus nerve is humming. How cool is that? Hum. Hum a song. Laugh and giggle often. That could be difficult if you're in a rough spot. I get it. But sometimes, like, I will do weird stuff, like just make myself pretend to laugh and giggle. And it actually does kind of do something for me. And I didn't know that there was a scientific reason to it. Listen to calming instrumental music. Uh, Sing. Singing helps your vagus nerve. A lot of it is located. It goes down your throat and your neck. So there's something about the vibrating of humming and singing and laughing that helps your vagus nerve. Meditation is another one. Reflexology. Regularly move your body, say thank you, smile as much as possible, and take probiotics or eat probiotic foods. Oh, and one more. Visit with people who lift your spirit versus people who make you feel crummy. (laughs) And these literally are scientific things. I've looked it up because I like getting facts rather than, you know, something else. And I'm telling you, This is what helps to stimulate and strengthen the vagus nerve, 
Try it. I'm telling you these things work. Another thing that I have found, if you have a hot tub or a spa, gosh, it helps so much to sit in there for 20 minutes and sweat it out. Or they say you can take a long hot bath for 20 minutes. And let me tell, and that's why, that is why showers feel so good because they heal your vagus nerve. We all think that showers are just this wonderful thing because it's water and it's healing. Well, it's actually a hot shower heals your vagus nerve too. I was reading in my artist's way, um, what is it called? My journal where I do my morning pages and Julia, she has little quotes on each page and it's said, the one that I read today, take one small daily action instead of indulging in the big questions. Take it slow. There is no rush. If you are meant to be on this path, you're going to get there. Enjoy the journey. Don't try and skip the voyage. Feel it all. Do it all. Be it all. Be in the now and take some deep breaths while you're at it. Like I said before, I am still on this journey with my burnout and I'm learning things that are new and exciting every day. So I'll be sure to update you all and I'll give you little tidbits of science and facts. And I'll also give you a little inspirational stuff, just depending on what you need, because depending on the stage of the game that you're at, so many different things can help. The most important thing to remember is that you are not alone. And if you could only see the amount of messages that I had rolling in after I talked about my burnout, you would realize how not alone you are. We are all coming out of one of the most difficult years of life. And many of you had some other things compounded on top of the already tough year of life, or more than a year actually. So remember that. Take care of yourself, give yourself time, breathe, check in, live in the now. Until we meet again, stay curious.